Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow for you guys. And we're back into very literary August. Sure are. Welcome, guys. Um, If you're a return listener, we thought that was you over there. You're looking very well-read and very well-rested today. And if you're new to the cast, glad to have you. Uh, Kick back, relax, subscribe, and stay for a while. Um, For any of you who missed last week's episode and the intro to our month of August shows, we're focusing on all things literary this month. We wanted to talk to writers and those involved with getting books published and into the world because it kind of feels like in all this quarantining, reading is the thing that people are doing and reading is the thing that people are going to for comfort or for escape or for inspiration. Mm -hmm. So today we have a very, very exciting guest on. I'll give you a little bit of a taste of who he is, but you know us. We have a big, juicy, sumptuous intro for him a little bit later on. But our guest today, oh man, he's a bestseller. And I think that's a really, <laughs> really dope way to lead off. He's yeah. an Amazon bestselling author in dark fantasy, sword and sorcery, African-American fantasy, and African literature. Y'all, there's a lot more to get to, but that's all I'm going to say for now. Please welcome to the show, Antoine Bandele. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. Thank you for having me here. Yes. Okay, so we're really happy to have you. We're going to get to all of the things that you do online, because there's many. But before we do that, should we put our money where our mouth is, y'all? Yes. We're going to put our money where our mouth is, which is Alana's way of, and I, and many people's way of doing economic protest. Um, so this week, because we are in August and we are talking about our literary month, um, I'm going to shout out East Wind Books of Berkeley. So they are lo- located up north. However, you can totally purchase their books online. Um, they focus on Asian American history, literature, Asian studies, martial arts, Asian languages, and traditional Chinese medicine. Like right up my alley if you guys have been long-time <laughs> exactly. listeners. And if you haven't been long-time listeners, I am a big fan of TCM. Um, a while ago in May when all of this happened. Um, Wait, hold on. What is TCM? Clarify <laughs> for me. Traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, okay. Got you. So it's like acupuncture. Not Turner Classic Movies. (laughs) Right, right. You were definitely thinking that, I'm sure. Uh, So it's great to to be able to, you know, get books on that if you're really interested. Um, A while ago in May, um, a couple months ago when all of this was happening, you know, COVID and everything, um, Margaret Cho actually headlined like a virtual comedy show um, featuring a bunch of Asian American co- comedians, Irene Tu, Jenny Yang, Cherry Cola from the SGB Valley. Um, yeah. Featuring all of these amazing, amazing, funny people um, supporting um, East Wind bookstores. So um, I think that was really awesome for the Asian American community to support them because they did lose um, 80% of their sales during this pandemic. Oh, so it, yeah, oh. it really speaks to my heart. Um, so if you guys can, their website is not East Wind Books of Berkeley. It's actually Asia Book Center, which is, isn't, I'm sure, too hard to remember. Um, but check them out <laughs> if you are interested in learning about everything Asian um, and anything Asian, go on there and, and you know, purchase some books if you guys are able to. Good enough for Margaret Cho, good enough for us. Because I think when her parents immigrated over here, they opened up their own bookstore in San Francisco. 
they opened up their own gay or LGBTQIA plus bookstore in the hate in San Francisco, because I think that they knew that their daughter, you know, these were two straight immigrants and they knew they had a, at least bisexual or gay daughter. So that was their like gift to her. So I think that's gorgeous. That's amazing. That's an incredible gift. The whole bookstore. like. Let's not skate over that. That's an incredible gift. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and it's all like, of the like wonderful characters that would shop there because they were the only game in town. Right. So they filled a void. Yeah. It's yeah. so not Asian. Usually, like as an Asian, you like buy your right. parents a bookstore or a car or a house, but they did the opposite already, which I think is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think John Waters, if I remember correctly, she said that John Waters was one of their big first uh uh shoppers, which like, fuck, dude, John Waters is he, now he's the face of Saint Laurent, but like he is amazing and he's a great yeah. queer writer. So that's a flex. But Antoine, what you got? Oh, you mean for my uh, money where my mouth yeah. is? Uh, so it's a spot that people are probably familiar with, especially if they're in LA. Uh, it's a, a restaurant uh, slash cafe slash grocery shop uh, for a black owned uh, place called Simply Wholesome. It's mm. off of. Uh, I want to say Slauson and Overheal, I think, yep. is, a, is, a, is a two cross streets. Um, and yeah, like most recently, if you watch Insecure, uh, they featured it multiple times um, in, in the uh, in the show, like actually Love scenes inside of the place and also like just having like, you know, yeah. uh, bags that say Simply Wholesome on it, like kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, it's a place that I frequent a lot, uh, particularly when I'm writing. I'm actually, one of my chapters in my upcoming books has a scene in Simply Wholesome where two characters cool. are conversing in the oh cafe. Oh my God! Um, and I've had my books sold in Sibley Hillsome because they have like a little corner, a little, oh, that's awesome. little nook for books and stuff like that. So that's really cool. But I mean, obviously, that. with all this happening, I couldn't do that again because like, you know, yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone's on the on the on the down on it right now. But it's a really cool spot, especially Ooh. if you want to get really good Jamaican patties. Um, they also have live jazz on Saturday. Obviously not right now, but when they come <laughs> back in full, you know, they have live jazz on Saturday or Sunday. It's if Sunday or Saturday. Um, but it's a really dope spot to be just in general. Antoine, I we were talking off mic that you and I very much um, swim in a very similar neighborhood circle, yeah. and I have driven past Simply Wholesome my entire life, and I have never stopped. And, and you can't miss it either. It has that very distinct right. architecture of the, the needle and the it's <laughs> fucking green massive, needle. absolutely. And yeah. I've never stopped, and now I feel um, I feel like I've missed out all thirty-two years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you can redeem yourself I mean, once this year them. is over yeah. <laughs> here you go i think they're still doing if i'm not mistaken they still have like partial out. openings so you yeah mm. so you still could like go there but not in the same way that it was before where you know not you can sit down experience. and meet people that kind of a thing you know yeah. yeah it seems like a like a place where community goes and yeah meets, the way that Literally, you describe it my last writing uh meeting uh while i was writing like just you know i think I was out on the patio inside there was a congregation and maybe like a dozen or so the older people who were there trying to free somebody from jail like they were all like that was their community center oh. like wow meeting and they were talking just about i don't know who it was or who the guy's name was but apparently he was in jail for like a very long time and they've been doing this like non-stop like saying like hey guys don't stop now even though it's been like i think it was something like 10 plus years that this guy was in jail wow. and they've been trying to get him out um and they were yeah and it was all happening right there and simply wholesome like just That's in the middle so of it cool Whoa. Like stuff like also, that happens there. <laughs> like I also like that you have now given our listeners, um, if they fall in love with you and they want to stalk you, once Simply Wholesome is over, they know where to find you. <laughs> yes, you could probably find me there in the morning. <laughs> you gave it all away. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I will round.
round us out. Uh, I went with Abbey Creek Vineyard. So full disclosure, we're recording this a couple of weeks before it's uh, actually going to be released. At the moment, Portland is in a lot of, a lot mm. of turmoil. So I picked a place in Portland just because... I love that city and um, my heart goes out to it right now. So uh, Abbey Creek Vineyard, it's owned by a black Haitian or Haitian immigrant, excuse me, who was the first recorded black winemaker in Oregon. His name is Bertoni Faustin. And I love that he's honest about not loving the wine industry straight up. He says, Mm. I don't like this industry. This is my hustle. But I like what this industry allows me to do, which is to bring people together, break bread, and build community, share ideas, plan to help the youth, that kind of a thing. Um, Also, fun fact, when he launched the wine company, he was fully abstaining from alcohol, so I bet it was real fun to be his friend during the He doesn't like it, and he was abstaining from alcohol. exactly. That's a story right there. It's great, but he's all self-taught from soil to glass. Um, and he owns wow. a business his hustle. And he, guy. he wants to inspire other black or wannabe black winemakers who feel like because they don't have a foothold in the winemaking industry, he wants to prove that like anyone can get into this industry and anyone can make great wine. And his wine is super accessibly named. You've got the Daddy Fat Sacks. You've got the Ready to Die, which I did a double take because I was like, Woo, ready to die wine. And I was like, oh wait, okay, Notorious B.I.G. album title. Got it, got it. Uh, the dope, the ooh-wee. I love that it's not like overly sort of complicated wine language. Full body. Yeah, because we all know wine tannins. language no, 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 is no. complicated. Yeah. Right, absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's dope, just drink it. Or right. unapologetically real. It or, really should know. be that simple. It's alcohol, It really it. should. <laughs> Absolutely. To me, there's I only was... four types. It's red, white, sweet, and non-sweet. Like, that's all I need to know. Where does rosé fall into that categorization? I would both? call that red. Or maybe okay. in between. Maybe it's a mix. <laughs> it's a, a mix drink of the wines. Fair enough, fair enough. I think the tagline for one of the wines that I love the most is, some people will sleep on you. Let them get their rest. <laughs> I love my wine with a dash of sass. Um... <laughs> But that said, I will drop all of the information to all of these companies in the show notes for you guys to shop and peruse. But now we're getting to our guest. So Antoine is an artist in a lot of different respects. He got his start in filmmaking before transitioning over to writing. However, he still does produce work. He's got his own YouTube channel, which, y'all, he's kind of youtube famous i gotta say antoine like going through all of your material and seeing how many people really vibe off of it i'm like holy shit like yeah you've got a good thing going here his channel slaps i will also drop a link to it in show notes um but on his youtube channel he covers <laughs> hypothetical battles of characters from Amazing. famous movie franchises so good sorry i laugh because our producer is good friends with uh antoine and christian let me know flat out talking to Antoine will be very similar to talking to me and I was like yes yes Christian you are absolutely correct um uh characters from famous movie franchises like Star Wars and Harry Potter and Avatar he also reviews comic books and novels and TV just to say it's Avatar not the blue people Avatar the last airbender thank you very much I was also the original Avatar the last airbender Avatar I was when I went on your channel I'm not Legend of Korra Kiyoshi like I was geeking out I grew up watching Avatar the last bender and I you're like two minutes of of or two 
what did you it was like six minutes of tough jokes like i just lost oh, it yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I watched jokes, that yeah. one and i was just cracking up because that's my childhood <laughs> right there and my brother and i are huge avatar last bender fanatics so i was i was yeah out shout out to dante bosco who's yeah a, right dante bosco friend of the pod my sister-in-law produced his biography like we love dante bosco up over on this show for sure um i met him in vegas too got a picture with him it was really dope Ooh. Great. Did you recognize that it was him for like like straight on? Well, well, I mean, to be fair, I was able to do it probably because I was working with a company called Just Kidding Films at the time, uh-huh. and Which they also are associated with him. Because oh, you know about this too, yeah. And the Just yes. Kidding News, he was on Just Kidding News a few times. So then we were at a we were doing a company trip uh, at Vegas, and we were about to go watch one of the Cirque du Soleil things or whatever. And he was sitting there next to us, and I was like, "Do you think it's okay if I go up there and tell him I made a video about Zuko and which lightsaber form he would have? And would that be weird?" And then like. I could tell I was getting a little bit too geeky when I was talking to him because he started to glaze over. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I'm a fan. I'm not going to get all nerdy on this. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I love funny. it. I'm sure they get that all the time when they go to commission yeah. and stuff and they get like a certain question. And they're like, of oh, course. I don't know the show like that. Like, like I just voice the guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. I but really I'm sure it warmed his heart to know that someone out there was like, <laughs> Very much paying attention and very much engaged. Because, like, right. as performers, isn't that what we want at the end of the Absolutely. day? Absolutely. Acknowledgement, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, but nice plug, because Antoine also produces content for Just Kidding Films and Fanalysis. But, I mean, really, we love you on this show. And we brought you on this show because you write really magical stories that allow Black boys and girls, Black men and women, to be the magical beings that they are. Um, these people exist in his trilogies, Tales from Esowan and The Sky Pirate Chronicles. So good. He edits, he writes, he creates, he goes on geek rants. I mean, we just kind of heard a, a taste of one right now. He's <laughs> on just a on pretty one. righteous dreadlock journey. And he's here. Antoine. Holy shit, where to begin? Woo-hoo. I don't even know, honestly. Like, when people ask me that question, I'm like, uh, I can rant a lot, and I don't know how to, like, focus myself. That's why I have editors and beta readers to, like, read ah. myself, because I can sometimes, you know, That's just good. kind of go a of a Basquiat, it sounds like, in, in sort of creation. You do a bunch of things, but you need that person to be like, come, come, Antoine, let's yeah. focus on this one thing yep. over here. Okay, yep. okay. That's that makes exactly sense. Right. Those kind of creators make sense to me. Yeah, I think so if you ask like, me a specific question, I can answer it specifically, but I don't know right. if I can like just riff because I will go off. Cool. That's <laughs> okay. perfect. That's, that's we what have... Christian is for. Christian's right. a glutton for punishment. He can edit it. <laughs> He's our producer. Um, okay, exactly. so I, we do have a couple of specific questions. You are in luck. Um, I know that you went from sort of, you know, filmmaking and, you know, Hollywood to sort of obviously ending up as a writer. So how how mm-hmm. did you become a writer what was that journey like that transition from you know obviously film to um, writing so writing was first i started when i was very very young like um Uh. probably when i was five or six my mom was she's a very creative woman um and she always had our our, me and my brother yeah go mamas which are first of the moms Mm -hmm. who encourage creativity seriously Um, she draws all the time and I wanted to draw like her. So we would draw Aww. together and then uh, she would, you know, read stories to us and I would want to write stories to the pictures that we would draw. And I was making okay. like sort of pseudo comic books at that time. Um, and then I would actually take some of those books. I would like, you know, upgrade to like, I'm going to go to chapter books and write chapter books. And I would read them to my friends in recess, like underneath uh-huh. the slide. I would just be like, hey, you want to listen to my, my chapter or whatever? And like, like literally read them my entire novels, like over the course of a week. Um, <laughs> and then I kind of stopped. Like, I think uh, what happened is that, yeah, in high school, when I discovered 
film because I was more like artsy, like I was drawing, I was writing, stuff mm. like that. Mm. Um, but then when I saw that film is much easier because you don't have to draw the characters, <laughs> you can just film them. <laughs> yeah. Got <it>. yep. <laughs> I got a little bit lazy there for a few uh, years. I was like, oh, I can just film people. It's easy, whatever. Like, and I stopped drawing it. and I stopped like writing and stuff like that. Um, and I, then I went, but the funny thing is that writing always kept coming back into my life. So mm. when I was in, uh, graduated from high school, I went to a, a film program called Inner City Filmmakers, uh, mm. 2008. Uh, summer 2008 we were on usc campus and a few other places too uh like the warner brothers cool. a lot so yeah. they had a screenwriting award uh during that that period and i won first prize like it was like wow. a, i got a scholarship for it and Ooh. that was like kind of like the world telling me hey you should probably be writing again and right, I was right. Like, nah not directing i, I want to direct like let me like i got a camera now and like you know i'm gonna <laughs> and do that so then um so then i started doing that uh disregarding the writing stuff and then i was in um uh, university had okay. writing courses uh mm -hmm. the guy telling me the, the my professor at the time telling me hey you should probably be doing this because i wrote like a really good um spec script for community the i don't know if you guys oh, know cool. community yeah. from yeah. donald glover uh, the only reason i watched this because donald glover was on it <laughs> initially uh, and then i liked the show after that uh, i so, have a crush on daniel pooty but yes i get you oh yeah yeah and him, yeah. he's awesome too uh -huh. um and then yeah, so him telling me that and me going like, nah, I think I'm gonna keep doing this directing i think i want to do this youtube thing and then i was trying to do like skits and like short films on youtube and stuff like that um, and then I think I came upon, um, I think I was after watching season six of Game of Thrones, something like that. And I think I just searched it. I went on um, Google and I was like, African Game of Thrones, does it exist? Kind of a thing. And then like looking uh... it up and then finding a lot of good fantasy, like um, like um, Neddy Okafor and then uh, N.K. Jemisin and then Tomi Adeyemi and stuff like that. Uh, but I didn't see any kind of fantasy that I wanted like to, right. to read. That's how it so always starts, right? This is... Yep. yep, and so this is apparently how yeah. it happens for most writers is that they just didn't have the book that they wanted to read, so they just write it themselves. For sure, so I just 100%. Did that. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I transitioned to actually writing. And then the first book that I uh, published, which was called The Kishi, came mm -hmm. from my brother because he's a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Ooh. And, you know, oh, wow. there's a little paragraph in most of these books of this creature called The Kishi. And then I he, see. I think at one point, read the footnote and the footnote said, oh, yeah, so this mythology is from um, Angola, which is like Southwest uh, Africa. And I was like, wait, what? And I looked that up and I was like, wait, there's no stories about the Kishi at all. Like zero, not even like a mention as like a side character. You would think, right? Because of Dungeons and Dragons, yes, there's just so many stories in there. You would think. And also because of also the story behind the kishi so it's, it's they're kind of like uh vampires in the sense that they have like a very charming face but then they can turn to bats or vampires and like eat you so the difference of this is that they have you know very handsome face in the front but they have hyenas on the back of their head i love i love yeah. that whoever whoever love. whoever um <laughs> yeah, designed it and drew it it's 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 really powerful i had to like do a double double yeah. take because i wasn't sure if it was like right a wolf behind is that the, a headdress the, yeah like, yeah like yeah. yeah yeah it was really cool so yeah, for that story just to be there and i was like this is already writing itself like just on the myth of the original mythology um and then even going deeper and finding out that sometimes if the kishi likes the women that they try to entangle they'll actually impregnate them with the demon child and that demon child oh. eats their way out of the womb of the woman and i'm like how Ooh. is this not a thing like right. this is right. incredibly it's it literally it's, there's a story yeah, yeah. there's a story yeah. already and so, yeah, then I just did it. And then I'm Amazing. continue doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. simple. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I think. That's awesome. I think to have. So 
because it is August Literary Month, um, you know, it, se- it seems to kind of like fall perfectly. Every week we seem to be having a different type of author on. Um, and last episode we had a feminist writer on. Um, next episode we'll have a bragging and the art of self self-promotion writer on. And you being a fantasy writer, I think, was perfect because their writing is fact-based super fact-based and your right. writing is a combination <clears throat> of the opposite literally like <laughs> anything history folklore africa literally wild imagination what you just said about the baby eating though the to woman, be fair know? i do um i ground it in the history of africa and that mm. was a um a very specific thing that i wanted to do and i specifically set out to make a story that is uh, based on a pre-colonial Africa because I feel okay. like the huh. narrative of post-colonial and the trauma and the yeah. the the direness of that period has been done and I right. feel like Enough. personally that's been done to death yeah <laughs> right. yeah and I feel like it's way, kind of you way know, put in much. my face all the time like especially with like award seasons too I think the thing that really got me I think it was a uh, 12 years a slave that came out oh. and that one's a really <laughs> tough one to get through and to watch and it's the thing that gets awarded. And I feel like sometimes that's the only thing that gets mm-hmm. acknowledged. And I right, feel like right. I-, I wanted to see a story where I'm like, can we just see black people who are just being awesome, like in yeah. fantasy realm, like, you know, kicking demon butt and stuff and like that, like yes. not, you know, necessarily being enslaved or like, you know, right. trying to like, you know, pull themselves out of the, the ditch or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I just want us to, s- to be awesome. Like, you know, like, yeah, we feel right. joy too. Like, it's right. yeah. we feel joy as well. Stories. <laughs> we, yeah, black right. joy is real. It doesn't just have to be black joy. Like, we are happy and we feel joyous too. Right, right. Definitely. You know, talking about like dances and stuff like that. Like, the first chapter of the Kishi is just them in a festival dancing and just like, you know, like, that's having so a good beautiful. time. Like, you know, like, that's it's so funny cool. that you mentioned 12 Years a Slave because I, um, when that movie came out, I was like, okay, great fantastic did we need another slave movie and then i never had, uh, I, I never watched it and had all the others before yeah mudbound and all that so, yeah. i mean like no shade like it, it launched lupita's career but i i yeah it's like do we need another story of like slavery at least and... you need a balance you know you need you yeah. need your black panther and then you need your 12 year slave which is it's <sighs> happening now which is why i love what's happening yes. now and black panther was a catalyst for this because as I mentioned before tomi adiemi is another newer author who she just came out in 2017 Children of Blood and Bone got picked up by Lucasfilm. Originally, mm-hmm. it was Fox, but then, you know, Fox got bought out by Disney, and so now it's Lucasfilm. Right. Um, and then uh, Nettie Okafor is uh, Binti is, is being developed right now in production for Binti, her sci-fi uh, thing. And then the fifth season is being produced on TNT by N.K. Jimson. So these things are coming out now, and right. I, I'm right. happy to have it. And I'm okay with still having, the, like, like Harry, it just came out. Like, I'm okay with those still, like, being around. It's just, like, let's balance that with, Yeah, you know, I think there's been enough nice of, yeah. right, right, I agree. Um, also, Harriet wasn't that good of a film. I, I hate to sort of say is that, that. Is that on Netflix? Go- I, I, no, 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 no. Yes. Max, I believe right now. Oh, or maybe okay. that's what it is. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. I wanted to like pay the ticket price. I don't like to shit on she black got, art, but She got nominated. I wasn't that's, into it. That's what happened. I wasn't into it. No, no, no. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, you're, you build really rich, vibrant worlds in your books. Mm-hmm. What's that process like? Like, What's it like to build a fictional world that is based on a place at a time that once existed? And then there's a, for me, as an African-American woman who's never been to Africa, definitely not the the kind of Africa that you're describing, but I romanticize it, Mm -hmm. um, to be totally honest. Do you feel a, a sort of responsibility to create a world that feels just familiar enough and just fictional enough? Yep. 
that's exactly that's exactly okay. the line that I took, and I tried to make sure. And I, it's kind of the benefit of, in particular, this stuff, the S one stuff that we're talking about, right? Because uh, that one is specifically African mythology inspired. Like, it's not actually mm. we're not on Earth, we're not actually on Africa. We're on a. It. It's very similar to Avatar, like we were talking about okay. earlier. It's very. Okay. It's extremely similar to that, and uh, not the subject matter is that it's not young adult or middle grade, but it's you know adult fiction. But in the fact that if you you know really look at um, Avatar. A lot of the items that they talk about are just straight up lifted from, you know, mm. uh, Chinese or Japanese yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. culture, Ancient, not just mythology, yeah. but culture, you know, right. like like if you're talking about like a Dao sword or like the tiger hook or whatever like that. That's all coming straight from there. So I do a similar thing to that and that I am lifting like, um, for instance, the Kishi mythology, but I'm, it's not set in actual real life Angola. It's set in, you know, a place called Bajok. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just that it's which is based on an actual uh, the people of uh, the who believe in the mythology, I think they're the Kim Kimbudu people, um, and there is a I think there was like a Chokwe uh, tribe, and I think I got I forget how I got but joke, but every time I I develop a word in the fantasy realm, uh-huh. it has a um, it derives from something. It doesn't just off. Sometimes it comes out of just nowhere because there's nothing that exists for it, so I have to insert something. But I always make right. sure. That, for instance, I might be translating or something like, oh, what's right. the language in the area? Let me translate. Mm-hmm. Let me get something that sounds correct. You know, that kind of a thing. Right. So, Have yes, you... I definitely tote that line. I'm curious because um, I love, like, I used to think of that about when I would watch Game of Thrones. Have you, this is just a side note. Um, have you gone as far as develop a, a language fully? Like enough Not or an alpha, language. Like, uh, like well, an alphabet? So that's funny too. So, so George is different from Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien is the one who develops full languages. So he made mm. Elvish and made like the tree folk right. talks and like that. So Tolkien, huh. like he goes in and like knows the geography and like what the sedimentary all, yeah. properties of Mordor is and stuff like that. But I'm more George R. R. Martin in that, for instance, yes. there was no developed language for uh, Dothraki until uh-huh. the TV show came out. Right. So then, they hired, a, then they hired someone. They hired a linguist to do it. Yeah. But in the books itself, he just wrote phrases. But he I made see. sure those phrases um match with each other you know what okay. i mean so i do have times where i have my fictional languages like written out right, but i only right. do like phrases i don't ever go further <laughs> than you know full-on languages or anything like that unless of course they just like a tv series in which case you need to hear some of those languages or whatever right but, um but yeah, is very that much... like is that a long-term goal to develop an entire language i mean i you know inquiring minds want to know <laughs> no, at, the, at the moment no probably not i just okay. I'm, what i'm trying to do is build out the world itself um and okay. these books because as i kind of say with what i'm writing currently these are kind of prequels to what my actual saga book is going to be because this isn't actually like what i've written so far hasn't been like quote unquote my main series or my end goal for for this okay Uh, it's it's, if you're familiar with a song of of ice and fire which is you know guys to game of thrones Mm -hmm. i'm basically writing about robert's rebellion before having the fallout of robert's rebellion seeing him already on the throne so i'm doing stuff that's happening prior to what the main series is going to be about which is kind of like a mix between like final fantasy 10 and like you know avatar and Dungeons dragons you know i love about this young princess so it's pretty cool that's so cool well how do you get the idea for your characters um, the first one, so the Kishi was inspired by one of my brother's D&D characters who he always called Tai Wu. Oh my god, I didn't even think about this. I'm on the Black and Yellow uh, podcast. I didn't even That's us. think to talk about this. Yeah, sorry. So, so how, he's, how dare so you? Most people actually... <laughs> So actually, this is exclusive because I actually haven't even told my readers this, even in the email list or anything like that. Okay. But um, Amana, who is the main character of the Kishi, he's the the main protagonist who's you know facing against the Kishi demons. 
he's actually half what would be because they're not African in this, but you know, African and Asian. But he doesn't know that no. personally because his father was estranged, which I do reveal in the book that you know he never his father wasn't around. Um, and it was kind of based on one of these Chinese explorers who visited East Africa. Um, I forget what the guy's name is. It's based on a real guy. And I was like, oh, what if that guy came through, like had a relationship with somebody, but then like had to go back or something like that. And he, he just left his son behind kind of a thing. So he's half African, half Asian, actually. Cool. But most and the people fact, don't, I don't brought that up yet. So That's so awesome. Well, also the fact that he's a monk um, was really yeah, like, because you associate yeah. like, you know, most of the times, not always, obviously, monks with obviously the Shaolin Temple and, you know, China and all right, that stuff. Right, or so. Tibet and stuff like that, yeah. Right, right, right. So that's really awesome. Look at you. Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> forgot, but since I'm on this podcast, like, oh, I, I could drop that, but I haven't revealed that yet in the plot yet. I don't think I ever will, because some things you don't, like, you, you mm-hmm. know as an author, but you don't, yeah. there's no point of bringing it up in the story, because there's no, there's just no point of it, because right. he's probably never going to meet his father. It's just going to be one of those right. things that just happened right. but yeah it's I your penny in the that. pocket kind of a thing it's like <laughs> yeah. that the, that secret that only you know and, right. and those that really well, now we know your books <laughs> yeah, and now we you guys know. know right right or if you go to panels and stuff and then the author talks about it there you go <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but yeah usually my other characters stem from whoever the main protagonist is so for amana mm. um the main conflict with him is that he's trying to be this monk and trying to pacify situations by being a pacifist but mm-hmm. how do you do that against a demon who's you know eating women and and oh who's uncompromising how do you how do you have a pacifist oh, mentality wow. against someone like that you know what i mean so then that's how i developed you know okay who's a good foil for that you know who who can be his companions who can also because he has a companion in the book uh, her name is naya who's very much in the mindset of like non-monk or like very warlike like hey mm-hmm. like these people are you know eating you know everybody in this village let's like we should just go out and kill him and he's like but i can't like i've been told like you know that's not what right. i'm supposed to My do whole life. there's that whole conflict going on you know very similar to ang actually uh, you know ang had mm-hmm. that issue with uh, ozai mm. at the end of the finale or i can't just kill this guy because you know like right that's not what he does the bidding away yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. that's all cool so and that's how characters come about so in my uh, sky pirate books it's about you know zala wanting to get her husband back mm. and then who the foils for her can be and that kind of a thing you know so they all stem from the main character usually i feel like the 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 situation that you just set up is a is a metaphor for what's happening right now like how do we remain on sort of passive but living life uh in the hands of this evil president who's mm. um just allowing the rona to spread i mean he might not be eating women he's just Killing us. <laughs> he's grabbing women um, exactly like by the pussy normal culture but i digress um i gotta ask antoine what made you want to write stories that feature people that look like you and i and why the genre of dark fantasy as opposed to any other genre? Well, you know what's funny? Dark fantasy is only attributed to the Kishi because that's just the mythology. Uh, but the Sky Pirate oh. one is totally action adventure. And it's They're different. not eating women? So, oh. Yeah, yeah. So not all the books are like that. That's just the Kishi. So I have okay. multiple books that, you know, surround different kinds of things. So yes, the Tales of Esawan is probably going to be my like dark fantasy series okay the spike uh, sky pirate chronicles which are in the same universe by the i don't know if i mentioned that but they're in this oh, they cool. share the same Good universe um that one's action adventure and then i have another one coming out that's going to be military uh fantasy okay. uh that's going to be about like arabic forces I, I, again quote unquote arabic forces coming into egypt and stuff like that so like you know Love i that. have different yeah. uh things that are going on i even have like a which i am now coining as a cis because you know how they say um bromance <laughs> yeah 
Right. But I don't know mm-hmm. if it works so well because cis could also be cis as in cisgendered. So I'm like, oh, maybe that doesn't, that coin doesn't work That's so well. That's where I was going with. I was like a, a relationship of two but, people uh, who identify uh, as their like anatomically <laughs> assigned sexuality. Like, I, <laughs> No, I meant like as a sister, like cis, like system <laughs> So I have like different series that are going on. Um, but yeah, the reason why I wanted black people in the forefront is, is mostly because... Um, I just want to see more of it like that, yep. that's all it really is like as selfish as that might seem i just want to see more people who look like me doing awesome shit yeah i don't know right. if i'm not a curse on this i think but, you are oh, totally. okay sorry sorry yeah 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 every <laughs> every that, almost every single it. almost every single one of our episodes are explicit so don't even worry about it <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. but yeah that's like that's literally my mantra i just want to see black people doing awesome shit like that's, that's amazing that, at the end of the day if i'm achieving that then that that's fine for me yeah yeah i'm really jealous great. of your young readers who are like just starting to read and find their taste in literature and have your books. Because I think back to our required reading lists and like, oh great, Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield. Ooh, sure can't identify with that one. Of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men. And like, oh, fantastic. Fahrenheit 451. Although. It's like, so. I'm very thankful for your that your books exist and they exist for audiences. I'm, sh- I'm sure you have a lot of adult readers, but I know that you have some young ones as well. And well, I yeah, just... it's interesting that you brought that up because I do my next series next year is specifically targeted to young adult readers, um, teen great. readers. So it's yes. my basically Harry Potter Percy Jackson. Uh, so yeah. if you're familiar with Percy Jackson in particular, you know how like, yes. it's about an American boy who's realizes he's a demigod and you know right, son right, of right. Poseidon. And all that. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, but it's been like. <laughs> For 30 years or something since Please, the book. Go ends. for it. Sorry. Yeah, he's the son of Poseidon. Sorry, guys. That's what happens in the first book. He's the son of Poseidon. In case you didn't know. Um, but <laughs> but I have something coming out. It's called TJ and the Orishas. And the Orishas are a uh, pantheon mythology uh, that uh, take place in Nigeria, specifically Yoruba, which is my my that's where my bloodline comes from. Right. And so I'm making uh, basically a very similar version of like Percy Jackson, but for an African American kid, you know, in, in Los Angeles and how he, you know gets to find out about all this mythology and how what he plays what role he plays in, in, in that bigger world and also you know book one is about him being in, in america in this like remedial magic camp but then he moves on into you know the bigger schools which ah. you know have uh, which are which are in nigeria so he'll it'll be like cool. me as an american person oh. going to nigeria and then like you know also having that culture clash and yeah. Yeah. so there's a lot that i'm really am excited to dig in yeah there's a lot yeah. i want to dig in for that one and that one in particular because that one comes much easier to me because it's contemporary. So yeah. writing this like older stuff is kind of hard right. sometimes because I'm like, oh, would they say that back then? Or, like, <laughs> is that the appropriate technology? Is that too advanced? Like, would right. they? Does that sound too modern? That's but here, I just get, the kid sounds like me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's yeah. so much easier. You can draw from like, your life. So, yeah. So it's a, that's fun. And like I said, I had simply wholesome feature in the book and stuff like that. So like, nice. All of that's really cool. And I, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. And I have a children's book under my imprint right now. Not a book that I wrote, but that I uh, formatted and produced and all that. Uh, called Knucklehead Fred, which is about a little kid who <laughs> it's, it's really it's a cute it's a cute one. Stop. Yeah. Wow, oh my you... god, Antoine, you're turning yeah. into like a Dr. Ibram Kindy. Like you're just like <laughs> making books for all like people can read yeah. them until they die. Yeah. yeah. And graphic yeah. novels too. I have a graphic novel as well. Like you know. oh, what do you not do? Oh my I know. Seriously. Doing so a impressive. little of everything. A little That's bit great. That's great. Um so we are a feminist podcast. Um, so that's what's we, up. We do want to know <laughs> um, how does gender play a role in the stories that you write? I know you mentioned by C and Sky Zala, you know, um, 
your term oh, that was is a huge one. Yeah, sky. Wait, is it sky pirates? Is that what you say? Uh, that's the the the, the, the series the name is the called series. the Sky Pirate Chronicles, and then the right. first book is called By Sea and Sky, which is a By relation sea. to because it's about airships, about the first airship ever like coming yes. into existence. So it's about. Yeah. You know, by sea, as in that's how sea ships used to be, and then by sky, right. then that's where the future. I kind of see. Thing, so. Okay, yes. cool. So, do you... it all has meaning, right? <laughs> it's in it as it should. Um, how often do you consider, or do you consider, the gender norms or breaking gender norms when you write? Yep. Like, how that's specifically that why I, yeah, that's specifically why I had um, Zala, and that's the name mm-hmm. of the main character, be the protagonist, and specifically I wanted her to have be on the cover, looking like a black woman who has mm-hmm. a natural hair uh, yes. style and that's yes. that was actually a huge uh, pushback that i had because i'm in author groups on facebook and stuff like that so i you know i'm not surprised like, oh, yeah. so what do you th- what do you guys either. think about this um this cover and then i had a few of them say like uh oh it'd be so lovely because i couldn't really tell if it was a woman could she like have long flowing hair and i was like that's the complete point of why right. i have her here and so that you guys can understand that beauty isn't just western standard right. and like you know all this stuff so like i was like oh that just made me like double down and like I, this is why I, just, I had to do that. And the reason I yes. um, even did her is because I just came off of the Kishi, which was extremely like male dominant in that, you know, uh, like the oh, women were I very see. much like, oh. I mean, even though I had Naya, who's like, you know, who was fighting against the demon and stuff like that, there were still women who were like, you know, being victimized by like these demon creatures and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I don't want to write a second book and like get pigeonholed and being like, oh, that's the only thing he writes kind of a thing. Oh, and I, I also want to make a well-rounded world i don't want the right, same right, right. kind of story the same kind of characters to show up in every piece i think that's great so i deliberately made the choice to write from a, diff- a different pov for mine um mm. and then also making sure that i get beta readers and editors uh female beta readers and editors mm. who can tell me hey that sounds like male gaze or hey that's not quite what a woman would do and now i right, get, right. now read the the published work and go this is incredible. Like, this doesn't sound like, you know, a, a male author who, that's who's awesome. writing this. And I was like, yes, I wow. can feedback from the people that I need to get feedback from. That's <laughs> nice. great. You tell that author friend that was talking about a long hair. There were several of them. <laughs> you tell those people um, when women are kicking ass, we don't have time to straighten our hair and keep it nice and for also, you. That is way more practical for her to have. As I was just going to say. going around swashbuckling and like, sword fighting. She's going <laughs> to die because of her long flowy hair. It's going to get caught. It's going to get caught in a rope or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, like, man. Whatever. I we also all- commend you, Antoine. Like, write, you know, well-rounded stories. Get a little bit of everybody's money. Like, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah. And also, not even just the fact that male, female, but also just different perspectives in life. Like, there's a lot of um, themes about like religion in, in the book as well. And just mm-hmm. having how people, even in the same religion, don't agree about, you know, how they yeah. have their faith and stuff like that. And sure. I always make sure, like, if I make a point of anything, what, whatever the theme might be, whatever the scene might be, whatever, whatever it is, making sure that I'm hitting different angles. Like, I never want just one voice to be in the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever we're talking about whether it's different uh, opinions or if it's different sex or gender or sexuality there's also oh sorry lgbtq is also yes. uh, representing here as well um all of that like i make sure that every angle is like you know presented in there yeah that's really important awesome that's life that you, that's real life yeah absolutely and yeah. I, I think that it's really really amazing that you also lean into female criticism i feel like there's a lot of writers out there that like you know only get criticism from people that sort of look like them or sort of share sort of similar viewpoints and i like that you lean into the like well does this sound like it's too male gazy does this sound that, authentic? Having that awareness. I, love that. I think that's great yeah 
absolutely i am huge on that like i love um critique and criticism i literally live on that like i give a whole page to my beta readers because i'm so indebted to them because i can't write better you know what i write yeah exactly without getting that i know there's a lot of writers who are like you know i don't want anyone to like hurt my baby or whatever i'm like please take take it and tell me like rip it apart and then i will rewrite it and make sure it's better like i don't want you to be like too precious like you know like i can't let you like look at it you know Right. Well, if it's too precious, you maybe shouldn't publish it. But that's a whole different <laughs> maybe conversation. Maybe it's just for yourself. Maybe it's just fan fiction right. for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take us away from literature for a little bit because we are in this moment of racial change where industries mm-hmm. are looking at their metrics and their staff and their business practices, hiring practices, and they're making changes to be more diverse and inclusive. Is that happening in the literary world? If so, how is that happening? And what changes would you like to see? I mean, the thing is that, like, uh, for, for me, for black, like black fiction has been around. It's just that the um, the press for it hasn't always been there. Uh, but I feel okay. like that's changing. Like, literally, I'm telling you, Black Panther was a huge catalyst because mm-hmm. as that was happening, like I was mentioning before, Tommy Adeyemi got picked up. Not only yep. as a, and she just came out of Harvard, I believe. I think she was a Harvard student. She was 22. Gets a wow. seven-figure deal right when she gets out. And it's very Ooh. funny, too, because her college professor had told her, like, yeah, you're not good enough or whatever. And of then, course. like, two years later, she's like, uh, seven-figure deal, <laughs> professor. You know, face. that kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, she, she's got her movie. She's got her book, uh, her trilogy. And you have all these other authors who are now – who had books for years already. Like, N.K. Jemison and, and, and Nettie Okafor were, were already p- publishing lots and lots of mm. works. But now they're being picked up, you know, yeah. uh, as of like the past three years. So, yes, I do see that that change cool. is happening right now um, and for the better, because if there's one success, like, like a huge freaking uh, success like Black Panther, then you're going to have, all of that, you know, peter out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. even not even just for even with the crazy rich agents, like right. even the success of that and Black Panther. So yeah, you're seeing Kevin a lot Kwan. more. Yep. Yeah. To the point where I don't know if you guys saw Mindy's uh, Mindy uh, Collins new uh, project on yes. Netflix. Yeah. The, the, um, Never Have I Ever is what it's called. Right. Um, cool, cool. And uh, if you see that cast, they literally are all, it's a it's an Indian girl as the main. Uh, they have an Afro-Latina, mm-hmm. which is something I actually am starting to, to look into too for my other works. And then they have awesome. an Asian American in there, which yeah. is like, like, this is amazing that they have, we have this now. That time. I love the- yeah, I love this. I love hearing stories about people who are told they are not going to make it and then they make it. Oh, I yeah. went to Ricky Lake's uh, alma mater for college and uh, there was a cut system. She got cut out of the musical theater major, auditioned for Hairspray, came back, got Hairspray and basically went to her professor, one of my old professors, <laughs> and was like, oh, I just booked this movie called Hairspray. <laughs> And it was always kind of a thing within my department. It was like, oh, you don't want that professor. Remember, he was the professor that like flicked a quarter to Ricky Lake and was like, call your mom. You're never going to be an actress. And then she booked Hairspray. So I love stories like that. Absolutely. Hey, sometimes you need that too. Because sometimes uh, yes. What was that name of that movie? The, the drumming movie with um. Uh, with Nick Cannon. Drumline. With Nick no, 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 not Drumline. <laughs> the more recent one. The the one that was that one. Oh, Sundance, um... like the, the instructor who was mean. Yeah, with not with oh, it. Oh, I um, forgot. With uh, Miles Teller? Yeah. Hmm. Right? Oh my god, I forgot the name of it. I feel so bad. It, the guy I'm who played it. I'm looking it up uh, right uh, now. Yeah, okay, okay. Because it's gonna bug me if I don't remember. I know. That's it. okay. That's how I feel too. Uh... but the reason why I even mentioned it is because the, the in Whiplash? that movie he's... Whiplash, right? No, yeah. no, Whiplash. no, no, no. Whiplash no? was the um 
Whiplash was the one about the uh, maybe it was Whiplash. I don't know. Whiplash <laughs> Actually, I don't know. was. I thought well, that was about the the derby women. The, yeah, the roller, uh, the roller derby, derby girls. Uh, with uh, I've got Graymore. Miles Teller Whiplash 2014 here, and he is definitely on some drums. <laughs> maybe He's... it is Whiplash. Maybe it is. It is You're Whiplash. Right. Okay, it is maybe it's the, yeah, it could yeah, be yeah, the yeah. same name, same movie name, title. Po- possibly, possibly. Possibly. But yeah, like in that one, the instructor was super hard. And like <laughs> that kid wouldn't have done better if he didn't have like an instructor yeah. like that. So sometimes Slapping it him. also depends too. Yeah, that was, that was kind of kind of <laughs> dark really how far he was going. But um it was very top bay fong kind of a teaching, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> she'll show you. But some people but here's the thing, some people don't do very well. Like like with Aang, he didn't do very mm-hmm. well underneath the top. He did better underneath the katara, right? Yeah. So like for Softer. some people they can really they can, you know, rise up on that kind of stuff. And some people just, you know, curl up and like can't like take it. So it depends on who you are. But yeah, sometimes you need that right. beat down to be like, fuel. all right, well, I'ma prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like yeah. you just gave us two very specific character archetypes that you should use in your next book. Like the person <laughs> I'm always that, like, like that. Always. You know, love it. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about your YouTube channel because when I went on there, I was like, I wish I had like seven extra pairs of eyeballs because there was just so <laughs> much stimulation. Um, you know, we are black and yellow after all, and a lot of our listeners are fans of comics, anime. Um, I- I'm a big fan of esports. I know you do you stream on Twitch, video games. So what what made you want to start this channel, um, which you've had for 14 years and 72 million views, just to you know just to humble you a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I'm going to keep track. I keep tracking my Oof. monthly, but not like my lifetime. So I was like, whoa, 72 million. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good. My eyes almost popped out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I did it initially, again, was the filmmaking thing. So I was, mm. it was a place where you could put your films without having to pay for bandwidth or like make your own okay. website. Because yeah. like mm. in old school internet days, you had to pay for your bandwidth and like, right. you know, yes. quick, quick time files up. And then like, they were like this, <laughs> the shittiest quality quick time files you had to compress oh them so they gosh. would fit what a what a and time oh man <laughs> now it's easy now you can put 4k videos on youtube, uh, YouTube in like 30 minutes and it's like oh whatever. these kids don't know how good they i have know it. right their they, iphones they really don't Ugh. know no. um so yeah it was literally just a place to put my videos up initially and then it didn't really pop off because this is when i this is me and christian hume's uh crossing paths so mm. i was at apple at the time working with christian in retail and I started doing this thing called the Versus series, which you guys mentioned before, where I put, you know, fictional characters in hypothetical battles like Lord Voldemort versus um, Darth Vader, or you have Aang versus Korra, that kind of stuff. Um, and in doing that, apparently there's a lot of people on YouTube who love that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I started getting like a lot of traction and a lot of views, and I started doing like, you know, like I said, the geek rants and the geek talks um, in general about you know, mm-hmm. the, all the things I do. And so I was like, I think in 2015, into 2015, I was like, Apple, um, I think I'm gonna go do this YouTube thing because this is kind of like working out. <laughs> yes. So then I did that, and I've been an entrepreneur since then. It's 2015, so like five years now. Wow! Um, and it's been transitioning into whether I'm doing like you know YouTube on my own, or I'm doing like editing for other YouTube channels, or my writing. But I'm opened up enough now because right. I have this you know entrepreneur platform, like working for myself thing. Yeah, that wow. I can have the time to do all this stuff. That's great. Shit. That's so amazing. Awesome. Um, it's so impressive. I'm super jealous because um, I remember you, you like you got it right when it was, you know, because I think like you said on your I think you said on YouTube where now YouTube is a totally different thing, you know, whereas mm-hmm. I think if you joined, you can't do what what you've done, you know, if you do now or maybe you could. I don't I can't speak for for that. Right now. Like there's one there's a there's a it's a, a channel that just came out like nine months ago called Girlfriend Reviews and they've just blown up to a million <laughs> within nine months. 
But as long as you have a cool concept and people yeah, want to watch it, like something it's still, new, yeah, possible. Like, as long as you're not going into a crowded market, I would say. Because the thing is that mm. the reason why I think I did well is because it, no one was doing versus right. series for Avatar. Like yeah. it, just, it was not being done. Right. And as long as you have a interest in a, in, a, in a niche that you can play to, yeah, you can still right. be successful. You just kind of like it's harder if you try to go in like a oh everyone's doing this now. I want to get in. Then you're too yeah. late when mm-hmm. you're doing that. But you have sure. to be on the, the the front end of the of the for sure absolutely (laughs) that is why black and yellow exists there was a void in the market for this kind of podcast and that's why we exist yeah right absolutely so i in your about section on your youtube channel um there's like a little snippet mentioned that you stream your live writing sessions um i thought that was like really unique and different i used to do that yeah (laughs) So how it did was that? Fun, but I I got so distracted by the chat, and I know oh. myself I like can't continue. But I loved doing that. That was fun to like just write on stream and then like you know hash it out with with people. But then for me, I get way too distracted. So I just knew for myself <laughs> to continue my productivity, I couldn't continue doing that. But that was fun, like doing those live streamings. Like uh, maybe I should bring that back. Maybe like when I'm editing the book, so that yes. it's not as like so I'm not also super like ah oh, guys, I have to like create words right now. So like yeah. I, then I could maybe do that. Yeah. I mean, I think young writers that have no idea how Where to, to write start. anything. I know. Tell me about it. I love that. Absolutely. But there are many communities on Twitch. If you go to the Twitch art uh, section, uh-huh. there are there are very few. There's mm. maybe like less than like ten, that, like like actual writing vlogs. Like actually, there's one right now who's he's live. I think his, his name is uh, Scott Wrights or something like that. Okay. Uh, he's a, a <laughs> American man who lives in Japan now, and he writes. You know, just writes for a living. He does it on Twitch. I think almost like every wow. other day or something like that. Who knew live streaming writing such se- like sessions on mm-hmm. Twitch? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Antoine, we've got a round of rapid fire questions to ask yeah, you. Yeah, let's go. Full disclosure, we've never done this on the show. I was. I think with he's, the, inspiration. he's the perfect candidate. I think. I I do too. Right? I think you're good. <laughs> so thank you for letting us throw these at you. Rapid fire. There's nine of them. The first thing to come to mind. Ready? Okay. Are these like one one word answer kind of things, or what was it? They are whatever oh, okay, you okay. want. Okay. All right. All right, <laughs> all right. Here we go. Your favorite book is. Oh no! Ender's Game. Oh. The most influential book you ever read was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The last thing I re- the, the last thing you read that was a waste of time. Oh, was a waste of time. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I forget about them. That's why they're a waste of time. Um, <laughs> I had to like look at my books and look at my did not finish that pile. Um, oh, 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 The Alchemist. The Alchemist was the last one I didn't finish. Best snack to read to eat while reading. Best snack to read or eat, eat, eat? Uh, seaweed, like the seaweed strips. Ah. <laughs> Thing you miss most in quarantine? Playing softball. Place you miss most in quarantine? The softball field. <laughs> <laughs> most overrated writer? Oh, oh, that's hard. It's so preference. It's just pre- okay. Stephen King. I actually would agree with you on that. Yes, yes, yes. But I think he's good though. But it's just I don't have a preference for his works. That's okay. All. Yeah. I don't think he's okay. Cool. Yes. <laughs> um, I agree. Your favorite insult? My favorite insult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to steal a good insult from a writer, someone who uh, can write a good one. I don't even. I don't insult people. Like, oh. not, that's not my thing. Oh. Hold on, let me think. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, scruffy-looking lo- nerf herder. I'll, I'll do that one. 
Wow, oh, alrighty. looking nerf herder. Okay, nerf herder. Uh, don't worry, Star Wars fans will get it. No, when Humes is uh, editing this, he'll be he, he'll have a good laugh about that. Got it. Okay, cool. If you can play one video game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Final Fantasy Twelve. Damn, you alrighty. did this rapid fire. Yeah, nailed it, Antoine. Thank you so much for doing this. It was such a great such joy a talking to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. How can people find you? How can people purchase your books? How can people give us all of the handles, all of the things? I have a feeling that our listeners <laughs> are going to really want to keep up with you. Uh, literally, the best way will be my website. So it's my first and last name.com. So that's AntoineBandelet.com. So that's A N T O I N E, the French spelling, B A N D E L E.com. <laughs> And that's everything. Like you'll find my social media, you'll find my YouTube channel, you'll find my books, including the the purchase links for my books, stuff like that. It's funny. It must be a writer thing, but Kylie, who was the writer on before, spelled all names and all handles and all websites. Oh, it's yeah. gotta be a writer well, thing. Well, especially awesome. on podcasts, because every time I'm listening to a podcast and someone says like a thing, I'm like, oh, could you spell that out? Because I don't know what to, to look up after. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, right. Actually, thank you. That actually is a good tip for us to put in our little notebook on on how we record this podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you again, Antoine, for your time, for your energy. Congrats mm-hmm. on all of the books that you have for written. Sure. And all I'm the sure books that... that are on the way. I, literally, yeah, exactly. Really looking forward to the one next year. Really looking forward to that one. Oh, I want awesome. Ryan Coogler or Ava DuVernay or someone to come and oh, read I would love stories. Ryan Coogler, man. And... I love to talk to that guy. Well, I mean, like, that's where the power is. Yep, like, like yep. in terms of our storytelling, if you can get to the person behind the camera or who's producing the films or the stories, that's where the power is. And you sure. have the power. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Ryan Coogler, if you're listening, please yeah, call Antoine. Yes. Bro. He's ready. What's up? I know you're busy, though. I know he's, he's, he's doing his thing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all in quarantine, okay? We've got a little bit of extra time somewhere. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, tell us how you liked this podcast, you can email us at podcastblackandyellow at gmail.com or you can find us on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. You can also reach out to us individually. I am Alana Webster, but on the gram, I am at Renegade of Fun. My Insta handle is Jacqueline Chung Young. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you guys would be so kind to rate and review and let us know what you guys think about this podcast, it really helps keep this baby going and, uh, you know, keep bringing you guys awesome episodes. So thanks for listening, you guys. We love you guys. Keep reading. Have a wonderful one. Bye.